Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. There are many lines of work in this world requiring extensive education and training to be considered for employment. Some occupations require various degrees and one needs to achieve the highest level of knowledge and expertise because organizations only want the brightest and the best to display their garb. It's interesting though that the world has such high standards for employment yet morally in the gutter. It's only God who provides more than any man or organization could ever offer or guarantee, and God uses what the world declines and turns up their nose at. It's God the Holy Spirit who performs the equipping, training, correcting, and preparing, sending out their disciples for the work of God's will by his predetermined plan established at the foundation of the world. You got your tanks. Let's dive in. This segment is titled, Discipleship the Way of Life, Fisher of Men. Do you remember the story of Peter being commanded by God to throw in a hook, secure the first fish, with a coin in its mouth? Well, here's the passage, inscribed in Matthew 17, 27. However, so that we do not offend them, go to the sea and throw in a hook, and take the first fish that comes up. And when you open its mouth you will find a shekel. Take that and give it to them for you and me. Now, may I ask, what are the other disciples thinking when God commands Peter to go, throw, take, open, find, and give? And then Peter immediately turns and heads out on his assignment without asking God one question. Let me ask you, do you think Peter was carrying one of those retractable fishing poles in his pocket? Because Jesus doesn't suggest Peter to go to your boat or your house, grab your pole, and then go to the sea, bait your hook, throw it in, and catch a fish. And by the way, that fish will have a coin. No, God commands Peter, and the word go is a command. And the coin? Why didn't Jesus say a coin? No, he said a shekel, and not a bika or drachma, a shekel. Now, where are your thoughts about a time for every event under heaven with this what God says? This event just confirms Jesus' deity. He's sovereign over all his creation, and all things happen by his foreknowledge and predetermined plan. And that fish, shekel, and Peter are all a part of it, just like you, me, and all things, my fellow disciples. Do you think at least the other fishermen, Andrew, James, and his brother John, looked at each other and smiled with their eyes asking this question? How can anyone catch a fish on a hook without bait and have what? A coin in its mouth? I gotta see this one. What would you be thinking? And rest assured, whatever you're thinking, God in his sovereignty would immediately turn and say, you don't believe in me yet? Well, watch this. I would think the other disciples who weren't fishermen would lean over and say to the fishermen, is that even possible? I mean, you're a fisherman and we know you use nets, but that's seeing and netting a schooling of fish for a catch, right? How is Peter, under his own self-proclaimed greatness, going to get one fish with a hook and then that fish will have a coin in its mouth? Why didn't the fish swallow the coin 
And where did the fish get the coin in the first place? Why is it at the surface? And what part of the sea is Peter going to go in order to have the fish see the hook and chomp on it? I gotta see this one. Jesus is amazing. But the simple truth? It's not that Peter would go to the place to find the fish. No, it's that God has a plan and Peter is in his plan. Peter will walk to where the fish is located by the predetermined plan of God and that's where he'll throw in the hook. Because how else would Peter know where to go? Because the coastline of the sea is miles. And, his, in, in, excuse me, and in his own existence, he would never know where to go. And neither would you. And I believe when that fish came up at the end of that hook, Peter opens his mouth, saw the shekel, and said those same two words that myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands will say, but God. And then he took out that coin, gently laid that fish back into the sea, and returned to complete what God has ordained from the foundation of the world. You must see and believe, but it does take faith given by God to see and perceive God's sovereignty being carried out in and all through all things within his creation. And yes, I am in agreement with you. It is impossible to fully understand God's sovereignty with our finite minds. And what you would do if the only way you heard God's amazing work was by mouth you would probably say, nah, I gotta see that one to believe it. Well, may I ask, isn't reading seeing? I mean, when you look into the sky and see the sun, moon, and stars, nobody told you they were there. You just looked up and saw them, right? I wonder why. I can tell you this, God in his sovereignty knows you can believe that. When you see the oceans, Yet the water only goes to the Creator's established boundary and no further. Is that not incredible? Where are the springs of the sea located? Do you know? Because that's what God asked Job in Job 38.16. Have you entered into the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? That would be deeper than the deep, and no one can go to the bottom without pressurized equipment, can they? Now, there are resources out there that confirm that the deepest part of the world's ocean is in the Pacific Ocean, and it's seven miles below the surface. That would be over 36,000 feet, my fellow disciples. And God is asking Job if he have ever walked in the recesses of the ocean. Man has traveled down to the bottom of the Pacific Ocean in a submarine, but God is talking about walking down there. Let me ask you this. When you see a pregnant woman and marvel at the new creation of humanity created in the image of God and the baby begins to grow, is that formation of life in a womb amazing or what? And with God's sovereignty performed through humanity today, you can see with perfect detail inside the womb and watch God's crafting of life. Can you not? When I think of God asking questions, you know what comes to mind? It's that saying, an attorney would never ask a question they don't already know the answer to. They must have gotten that strategy from God, because God asked Job this question in Job 38, 36. Who 
has put wisdom in the innermost being or given understanding to the mind. That passage sounds like to me, it's God that fills each noggin with knowledge and intellect. Would you agree? And if so, then every person who has wisdom and understanding better use that realization and begin to praise God for his work in you versus how smart you made yourself. Amen. Now, before we head down to the fisher of men, I must ask, do you think all things are possible with God? Because that will speak volumes as to if God has performed his work in enabling you to believe. Consider this. It's Mark 10, 23 through 27. Jesus says, It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. They were even more astonished and said to him, Then who can be saved? Looking at them, Jesus said, With people it is impossible, but not with God, for all things are possible with God. Now the context of this passage is about wealth, and how many get the wrong impression and false teachers deceive many to believe that God's provision of wealth makes salvation a surety. But you better be careful with that mindset. Because the simple truth, listen to Jesus' response, is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Analogy or not. Sounds like God is making it clear, if anyone cherishes wealth, regardless of his composition, more than God himself, then entrance into his kingdom? Problematic. However, the question that's asked of Jesus is really a question that does apply to all of humanity, and that is, then who can be saved? And the plain old truth? Jesus' answer applies to all of humanity. Jesus says, with people, it is impossible but not with God, for all things are possible with God. God is amazing how his word not only applies all along the linear line of time, it also applies to numerous aspects of humanity. Consider this, God's truth and sovereignty also applies to the hook, fish, coin, and salvation. And all things are possible with God because the coin is enveloped in all things and there is a time for every event under heaven. And the day of the coin and the day of salvation is a glorious event in God's merciful plan of redemption of humanity. Yeah, it's an event. And whatever Jesus commands happens. See, all things, that would be anything and everything that one may or may not do, you must believe that God prepared that instant in his predetermined plan that was scheduled to be completed the moment you walked in it. God's purpose and plans includes you, my fellow disciples, and everything else that's scheduled by God's foreknowledge established at the foundation of the world. You must believe God's testimony. Now what about the great question then who can be saved? That question was raised by Jesus' disciples. Nowadays, you could have numerous voices of the world proclaiming various answers to the question then who can be saved, which is contrary to what the way, the truth, and the life says about his salvation. So if folks over here say this, and those folks over there say that, and that person says all you need to do, and the other person says just do, who of the world do you believe? That too is a good question, my fellow disciples. The answer to the question of 
Who of the world do you believe? Nobody of the world. There's only one absolute truth in the world, and that's the truth, and that truth is the true that comes from the only true God. Believe God. Believe everything God says. Believe his answers to those questions. Believe his truth. Believe his word. Believe his way. <clears throat> Excuse me. Believe his life. Believe his commands. Believe God and only God. Because the Son of Man, the Lord and Teacher, the Great I Am, the one that says something greater than Solomon is here, he has the answers to every question that enters into the mind that he has put wisdom in the innermost being or given an understanding to the mind. Believe him. You heard what the truth is to Jesus's answer to the question, then who can be saved? Well, let's be good Bereans and look at what God's word says about then who can be saved. Our first stop, Romans 8, 29. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren. So you will be saved if you are conformed to Jesus' image by God. So, may I ask, do you walk like him, talk like him, love like him, forgive like him, extend grace like him, offer mercy like him, have the Spirit of God like him, are obedient like him? Do you do the will of the Father like him? Do I need to go on? How did you answer? Now, no need to tell me. That's between the judge of the living and the dead and you. Amen. Next, we have John 3, 7 and 8. Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it. But do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. For the past month, I've been meditating on God's sovereignty and Jesus' words of being born of the Spirit. And when I desire to know more and gain more understanding of God's word and will, because of what God is carrying out in his predetermined plan involving yours truly in his Godcast, God through love brings understanding to this finite mind. Believe that. And why you should believe is because of what God says in Psalm 37, 4. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. I truly desired to know and understand because I don't know, nor do I understand. And when I meditate on God's word, God through his faithfulness brings forth understanding and makes his word come alive and clear in order for me to understand to communicate to you. So check this out. As I said, I was meditating on the wind blows where it wishes and you hear the sound of it, but do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. This week I served in a security role at the church I attend. One of the duties is to check the outside doors, and I do. And at this particular location, there's an open area outside the doors, and it has a gate that opens, and it was open. So I stepped out to close the gate, and as I returned inside to continue my route, I feel a wasp on my hand. I see it, 
and all those that know me personally know I freaked out immediately, shook my hand violently, and the wasp was airborne unexpectedly, I'm sure, and I opened the door and it flew away. Now, as I continued on my course of safety duties, God brings this thought to my noggin. Salvation happens just like that wasp. You didn't expect the wasp. You didn't even see the wasp's approach. Yet, it was upon you. You didn't go and try to get the wasp and place it on your hand. You didn't even realize the gate was open, that is, until I led you to the door, caused you to open the door, and close the gate. I made you aware of the gate, and you moved, and so did the Spirit. Now, there are many who proclaim the various ways one can acquire salvation. But the plain old truth Humanity does not set God's salvation in motion. Do not be deceived and believe what humanity says. Believe God and only God. And God says, But do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Now John 3, 3 says this, Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Do you remember the question in the last Godcast, Time for Everything, Part 2? And the question, If you can't make yourself born in the physical, how can you make yourself born again in the spiritual? Well, the short answer you can't. Now, please leave your flesh out of this and focus on what God says. Amen? Salvation is also enveloped in everything and all things that God foreknew and predestined. Salvation is an impossibility with people because Jesus' response was relating specifically to the question, then who can be saved? So listen to Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, and it will confirm the truth that humanity does not set salvation in motion. Listen. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. So faith, where do you get it? The plain old truth? You even get faith from God. Listen to Romans 12:3. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. The pure milk of the word, faith, is from God. Now, you've been listening to Diving Deep with D.L. long enough to know, and I pray God is giving you more understanding regarding his salvation work in you, my fellow disciples. Now listen to Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 with definitions tied to these key words. For means affecting on behalf of to the benefit of. By means identifying the means performing the action. Grace means unmerited favor of God, and saved means rescued, protected, and kept. Therefore, on behalf of your essence, God is moving, disrupting, and influencing your essence to the benefit of your soul and spirit. God is performing the action of salvation in you, which is his unmerited favor. 
you, and not only those who are in Ephesus, no, you, are empowered to possess, own, and hold God's salvation. And God will keep it and you safe because you have been rescued through the faith that God allotted to you. You cannot do it yourself because God in the adoption process has chosen you through Jesus according to the kind intention of his will because you are dead in your trespasses and sin. And there is not one thing you can do to make yourself alive to earn or select God's salvation, nor can you lose God's salvation because it's God that's holding his salvation in and for you. Therefore, no soul or spirit can complete any tangible or intangible labor, toil, effort, deed, or performance to enable them to brag, claim, or toot their own horn about God's salvation that has arrived unexpectedly upon them. No, it's God that gives you faith, and it's God who gives his salvation." There'll be no boasting from humanity and any work that one thinks they need to do. You know, the statement, all you have to do, well, do equals working for your salvation. Inasmuch as God says his salvation is not as a result of your work in any shape, form or fashion. No, it's faith alone in Jesus alone. He is the only one that says Come and follow me. He's the one that gives you ears to hear his call. He's the one that justifies. He's the one that glorifies you. It's Jesus' faithfulness to keep you, my fellow disciples. Because if God would ever be unfaithful, may it never be. But if God would ever be unfaithful, everything, every molecule and atom ceases to exist, and all that's alive dies. Everything created destroyed, and everything he formed, molded, fashioned, produced, and established disintegrates. Without the occupation of God the Holy Spirit, you know his presence and work, you would not even recognize Jesus if he was walking right next to you. You want proof? Go read, study, and meditate on Luke 24. And I pray God enlightens your mind and gives you understanding. The section's titled, The Road to Emmaus. I'll just read two passages from Luke 24. The first, Luke 24:16. But their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. And Luke 24:31. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he vanished from their sight. Surely, you would not be so prideful and self-confident that you would say you could recognize Jesus, would you? No, you would never recognize Jesus unless the Father commands it. The plain old truth, it's God that bestows his salvation in you. Listen to Psalm 91:16. With a long life I will satisfy him, and let him see my salvation. You must be mindful. It's not your salvation. It's God's salvation that he imparts Jesus to you. The gift of salvation is from God the Father to you as his disciple. And salvation is Jesus. And Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And just like the man named Zacchaeus, you 
are Zacchaeus, my fellow disciples. He was a man that God, through his word, confirmed that all things, and there is a time for every event under heaven. And your salvation was a time for that event under heaven. Listen to what this truth of God is in Luke 19.9. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. Why would God need to seek, you know, pursue, strive for, and obtain someone that wasn't lost? I pray you realize. For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. You because you would not know who salvation is, that is, unless God the Father in his mercy breathes the breath of life into you. Amen? Is God, in the kindness of his will, giving you more understanding on this topic of salvation? Because if God doesn't give you understanding, then you'll have no choice but to believe what the God of this world is saying through his children who are purposed to deceive. God has already spoken as to what you can expect from humanity apart from his spirit. Do you believe what God is saying? Listen to this truth again. It's John 6:65, and he was saying, For this reason I have said to you, that no one can come to me unless it has been granted him from the Father. Now listen, no one. That would mean nobody, not one single person, not a soul nor a spirit can come. Granting means allow to approach, permit to move toward, give access to come close to. God empowers you to move, and you move spiritually out of darkness and Satan's power, which is spiritual death, to Jesus, who is the author and perfecter, the great I am, that has the words of eternal life. Therefore, salvation is deliverance into the kingdom of God, where redemption for the forgiveness of sin, eternal life, and the wrath of God is satisfied in, by, and through Jesus, and Jesus alone. My fellow disciples, please understand, I pray God uses Oh, excuse me, I pray God causes you to believe that the substance and sustenance of eternal life is in Jesus and only Jesus, and I pray Colossians 1 comes alive in you as well. Now, just imagine if God uses the world's standard for selecting his disciples. What would that mean? Well, that could mean that you would have to have schooling, and do exceptionally well. So everyone must attend some accredited seminary, accredited by God, in order to be accepted and used by God. Now, just walk with me for a bit here. And you may be saying in your heart, that is ridiculous. But, so is thinking that God only uses those that attend a seminary for his gospel to be preached to the world. Now, who's being ridiculous? Back to the example of God adopting the world's strategy for a disciple selection process. So, you must do your best because it's the only the brightest and best that are considered. So, if you are not one of those, oops, 
you will not be offered an opportunity to share the gospel of God. Oh, no. What will you do? Well, just think. Just like the world's employment strategies, no offer. So, a declination letter confirming you were not good enough for God to use. And what would be the eternal consequence of that? Well, for one thing, the only good that would come from that, you won't be like the many who will be devastated at judgment. You already know what your eternal future would be. And you know, that profound question would then come from your mouth. Then who can be saved? So, you should be thankful God uses his own standard of selection of those whom he foreknew to be carriers of his word, his spirit, his truths, and his gospel. Because if he uses the imperfect and deceptive ways of humanity to choose his disciples, the plain old truth, no one, not one gets selected, and everyone is destined for weeping, mourning, and gnashing of teeth. That's why salvation is such a wonderful gift from God. And when God bestows salvation to your essence, your whole existence changes, and it changes forever for God's purpose, God's pleasure, and God's plan. And there's nothing you did to secure it or earn it. You can't lose it. There's nothing you can do to make it better once righteousness forever righteous. And you're righteous in the Lord Jesus Christ. And once Jesus saves you, you will be saved on the day of judgment. Go read Romans 8. Now, let's proceed on to the topic of fishers of men. Jesus said to his disciple Mark in Mark 1.17, And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. The simple truth, Jesus says, I will make you. Please don't tell me that only applied to the first converts. No. It will be you, Y-O-U, that God will make you become. Do you believe God? Because Jesus says, I will make you. So again, it was God is God and will always be God, causing all things in and through his creation by his foreknowledge and predetermined plan. Did you hear this? God says, follow me. Jesus' command is to follow me. The plain old truth it's not this person or that person. No, it's Jesus and only Jesus. So, if you ain't following Jesus, then he didn't give you ears to hear his command to follow me. That's the plain old truth. Because whatever Jesus commands happens. And when... God the Holy Spirit empowers you to follow him. You as his disciple shadow him. Keep your eyes on him. Remain in him. Obey his commands because you love him. And you love him only because he first loved you. And God makes it known that you are living by his words, are eternal because they have the power to give and take life. His words are living and active, sharp, piercing, divide, and judge. His words are rich and true. It will be him that raises you on the last day. 
Jesus' commands to follow me causes you to vacate what you've made your calling. He's the teacher, and you are being taught what fishers of men look like. You're being trained by the greatest fisher of men. You learn how fishers of men live by God's word. It's God that called you, so God will equip you to live out your calling as his fisher of men. How fishers of men bring God's gospel with them wherever God the Holy Spirit leads. And Jesus is fisher of men. You will learn of the Father's will. You learn how fishers of men face adversity. You learn that fishers of men hope is in the glory of God. How fishers of men oppose the sin in their flesh. How fishers of men repent and seek God's forgiveness. How fishers of men love God and others. As God's fisher of men, God continues to reveal the Father's will and plan for your life. As a fisher of men, God grants you knowledge and understanding that Jesus is the Son of God. He's fully God and fully man. He is God in human existence that Jesus and the Father are one. Jesus is the great I Am, the Alpha, Anamasa, and Omega. Jesus is our wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, Lord and Savior, the greatest fisherman that ever walked on this planet, and his kingdom of fishermen will have no end. It will be by the work of God, the Holy Spirit, that constructs, formulates, gives gifts, empowers, teaches, and prepares all disciples to become God the Father's fishers of men. And when God causes you to believe, then you will believe. That's the plain old truth. And when Jesus says he will, he will because he's God and he's faithful and true. And he can and will do all things through his creation by his foreknowledge and predetermined plan, so that every event under heaven will be for all things to be reconciled to himself for his glory, and you being called as a fisher of men is the evidence of God's workmanship, which is believing, faith, and the occupation of God the Holy Spirit, and the salvation event in your life is enveloped in a time for every event underneath God's dwelling place. That's the plain old truth. So when you are obedient, you're obedient by God the Holy Spirit's empowerment making you obedient. And when you are careful and observe, that's God causing you to be careful and observe. And your faithfulness is God's faithfulness because it's God the Holy Spirit that's alive in you. And when you go and do the simple truth, it's God that's at work in you to will and to work for his good pleasure. You are righteous only because God made you the righteousness of God in Jesus and Jesus alone. And you must believe when you act like this or that, oh, it's God that's at work. You tell me what's not included in all things and everything at the hand of the creator of all things. Remember, it's God that puts wisdom in the innermost being and gives understanding to the mind, as God said in Job 38:36. Then Job's statement has to be true because Job is God's workmanship and it's God's work providing knowledge in Job's mind to grasp what God is saying and doing that Job would say in Job 12, 9 and 10. 
Who among all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this, in whose hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind? To be a fisher of men is a new way of living. God enables you to become, you know, convicted, converted, repentant, developed, and fitted with his armor and suited for being a disciple of Jesus, which is a fisher of men. And that is the way of life for you because you were dead and he makes you alive. You were in darkness and he delivered you from that domain. You have eyes to see and ears to hear because it was God that brought perception and understanding of him to you. You see where you are and you're there because that's where God in his predetermined plan has placed you. As a fisher of men, you now speak not with words taught by human wisdom, but those taught by the Spirit, combining spiritual thoughts with spiritual things. And those spiritual things are only true God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. And the new work in the harvest you are striving according to God the Holy Spirit's power alive in you. And you are being led by God the Holy Spirit's work, his power, his influence, his teaching, his guiding, and his inspiration in and through you. You have spiritual conversations relating to God's word, God's truths, God's son, and God's purpose and plan, his promise of eternal life. And as a fisher of men, you sow God's word. You speak the truth in love. And as you walk as a fisher of men, you don't condemn humanity for its inherent sin nature. You don't possess the power nor authority to condemn, nor do you have the authority or power to save. It's Jesus and only Jesus because he is salvation. But... You are called by God to speak of God's salvation and by his kindness of his heart bestowed on you, just like the wasp or the wind, as Jesus says, relating to being born of the spirit, because they do not know. They are dead in their trespasses and sin. They don't know their minds are being blinded by the God of this world and by nature they are children of wrath, even as you were before the greatest fisher of men caught you and made you alive. As a fisher of men, you are in service to God, bringing the good news of good things. You could never acquire from the world the wisdom, knowledge, understanding, and power that only comes in and by God. Just as a fisher of men cannot clearly see well, let me say it this way. Just like a fisherman cannot clearly see below the surface down to the bottom, you cannot see below the outer essence of humanity. It will be God that will energize you to be able to deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow Jesus. And the amazing thing? God the Holy Spirit will provide, outfit, supply, equip, train, correct, prepare, and make you adequate as their fisher of men who sends you out on your journey to go and make disciples. And it will be in God's timing that God will prepare the next convert by opening their heart to hear what the approaching fisher of men will testify about his son. 
just like he did to you with the words of the creator being carried by the beautiful feet God created from the ugly. And then you will find yourself living out what God says in Colossians 1, 28 and 29. We proclaim him, admonishing every man and teaching every man with all wisdom, so that we might present every man complete in Christ. For this purpose also I labor, striving according to his power, which mightily works within me. Amen. As we head back up, take this with you. For by him all things were created in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. Colossians 1.16 says, And through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross, through him I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven, Colossians 1.20 testifies. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Colossians 3.17 affirms, If God can reject, harden Pharaoh's heart, darken foolish minds, send deluding influence, give them over to a depraved mind, make 23,000 fall in one day, and destroy by serpents and the destroyer, then he will also cause the sun to rise on the evil and the good, send rain on the righteous and the unrighteous, separate as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, scourge, command one to enter or depart, and his kingdom, correction, and his creation will do whatever, whenever, and however he commands. Then he must be willing to rescue, supply, clothe, turn back, come upon, seek, save, sanctify, glorify, call, raise, judge, return, bring light, transfer, open, apportion, discipline, count, send, deliver, create, permit, draw, perfect, confirm, strengthen, establish, and give life. Forgive, dwell, wipe away, close, grant, be among, illuminate, add, exalt, take away, speak, cause, provide, restore, see, listen, condemn, go before, stir, plan, be quiet in love, rejoice, testify, give authority, create, sow, sit, serve, appear, suffer, remove, lift up, give eternal life, provide his spirit, stand and fulfill. Then he is the Son of God, the Son of Man, Savior, Redeemer, Lord, omnipotent, omniscient, and omnipresent, head of the church, the great I Am, Rabbi Emmanuel, the second person of the Godhead, Alpha and Omega, author and perfecter, eternal life, salvation, gift of God, image of God, wisdom of God, faithful and true, the way, the truth, and the life, Lord of the Sabbath, and his list goes on and on. And when you get to what you think is the end of the extensive list of God, you must believe in the Lord Jesus to know the truth and to believe it is only by faith allotted to you by God 
and salvation is only in Jesus, and you believe that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible, and eternal life is only found in the only true God. And when God gives understanding, you realize our Lord Jesus was and is and is to come. Matthew 28, 18-20 says this, And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority is given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Just like Jesus commanded Peter to go, throw, take, open, find, and give, God is commanding you as a fisher of men to go, throw, take, open, find, and give. And when he makes a disciple, a fisher of men, you are his disciple. You move because go, throw, take, open, find, and give are all action words that occur resulting from Jesus' command to all things within his creation carried out in a time for every event under heaven. Now, go, and I pray God will empower and equip you with believing faith and the occupation of God the Holy Spirit, and you imitate the greatest fisher of men you will ever know or see in all creation and eternity. Let me pray for you. Abba, I love you and thank you for today. This is a day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Abba, it's by your love, your power, and your work that we believe. It's by your foreknowledge and predetermined plan that we have faith, and our faith and salvation is in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Abba, you put wisdom in our innermost being and give understanding to our minds that without Jesus' life and sacrifice, there is no hope, there is no light, and there is no life. I pray and ask by the power of God the Holy Spirit, you equip your fishers of men with your truth. Provide your fishers of men with understanding to testify to the truth of your gospel. And when we trust and believe by your agape love, you will cause every one of your fishers of men to accomplish your predetermined plan according to your foreknowledge that was established before the foundation of the world. And Jesus will be glorified in and through all the lives of your fisher of men today and forever. Thank you for Jesus' sacrifice and the shedding of his blood. Thank you for your saving grace. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for drawing us near to Jesus. Thank you for inclining your ear to hear my voice in prayer. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your spirit. And thank you for our Lord Jesus. And it's in Jesus' precious, holy, beloved, and wonderful name, I ask and pray all things. Amen. Well, thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Have a great day of worship and keep walking the way.